a listener production. Howdy, you are listening to episode three, part B, of the Howie Games Artist Series featuring music god, Kevin Parker. Proceed. Let's talk for a moment about the crass world of commercialism. And the more artists I speak to, the more I realise that you're not in it for the dollar. It doesn't seem to be a motivating factor at all. Pretty much the same as athletes. So there's a couple of things you released. I read, mate, in March 2015, you released Let It Happen and you released it for free. And then you made various other comments from what I can gather that for a long period of time you weren't making money from your releases at all. True story? Um, I guess so. Well, I mean, we got I got signed by a record label um, at some point. Yep. And from then on it kind of like became their business of like right. how much. Because like you don't get signed by a label without them thinking they can make money. Okay, so you know. take, take me back a step. Take me back to the phone call of the first signing of a record label. Like you're banging away on MySpace, you're doing your thing in the share mm-hmm. room and like does some big record fat cat ring up and say, right, Kev, you're our man? It was actually a message on MySpace. It was MySpace was it? message from the MySpace of the record label that ended up signing us. It was from their A&R, who's a guy called Glenn, who I still work with today. What's A&R He'd- mean? And um, artist and repertoire. Okay. A and R. A and R basically means talent scout. Right. And so, what does Glenn say? I'm I'm loving your gear, mate. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's a really chilled out guy and never gives too much away. So he was like, "Hey, you know, really like uh, really like the couple of songs you've got up at the moment. You know, can we hear some more? Like, love to." Chat about it. I was actually, I was actually, uh, I was away at the time, but um, Dom read the message and texted me on my phone, told me that, that he got it. Is this jumping around the lounge room type of stuff? Uh, in my mind, a little bit, but you know, we were very, uh, <laughs> we were kind of um, bit cool for school. Uh, we were just kind of spaced out donors uh, <laughs> with a bit of an indie, uh, indie cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, mentality around that time. So it was kind of like, oh, really? Yeah, cool. But, I mean, obviously I, I, I was pinching myself. I was pinching myself. Like it, 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 I was so, I was super happy because it's kind of what I wanted, you know. Well, it's absolutely what I wanted because I was always ambitious. So I was basically, um, yeah, because like, I, I never had the um, commercial sort of spark or just sort of, you know, so there seemed something about something about flogging your demo CD to everyone. Yeah, just didn't seem very graceful. Not that you should think that way. No, but but that's the way you think. Obviously, that's that's fair. I right? was like, I was basically like, I want them to come to me. You know, right? And, and have, you, ke- is, have yeah. you have you kept that a, a approach to like obviously, mate, Taming Parlor now? It's a massive worldwide business. Mm-hmm. Do, do you get involved in that or it, it, it just the money goes in the bank at the end of the month and on you roll because you're thinking about the next tune? Without being tra- crass, I don't, I don't want to delve into your finances. Absolutely. No, no, go ahead. Um, 
Uh, I think there's a difference between wanting to make lots of money and wanting to be successful. Hmm. Um, like I've al- I always wanted to be successful. I always wanted to, um, you know, I always wanted one of my music to to reach people, reach the world, and be successful. Like you know, when I was when I started playing music, I wanted to I wanted I wanted to be a famous rock star. That 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 kind of like ambition matured by the time I was. 21 or whatever it was, whenever I ended up getting signed. By then it was kind of like, it was still ambitious. Like I was still hyper yeah. ambitious, always wanting, yeah. It was a weird kind of contradiction in my brain <laughs> yeah. because I wanted to be successful, but I also didn't want to play the game. I, I I saw like around me, there were so many other artists and bands like, like, like screaming, like they're in this little sort of like pipe and they're all like screaming and like reaching up and trying to, Trying climbing over each other to get to get to the top, and I kind of like for me that just didn't it took away from the music, but but that's still different to wanting to to being ambitious, you know. I just didn't want to sort of like compare myself with people next to me. I just wanted to do my own thing and and um, find my own success. So I, I got to say, mate, uh, this for me. From the area I work in, this is a fascinating conversation and I'm okay. enjoying every moment of it. And Awesome. I, I think it's probably the same with um, with athletes, like like wanting to be yeah. the best and wanting to be successful. Like wealth comes with that, you know, like if you're good at what you do, the money will find you. I believe that. Yeah, you're spot on and that's not the main game, but athletes don't often say, right, I'm going to go and play in front of a stadium for free, whereas when you're giving away your songs that can be uploaded, downloaded, whatever the term is, that that is giving away your music for free. There's no other way of saying it. Yeah, but, um, yeah, exactly. But back then it was more important about people hearing it, like just getting it out, you know, like, like the 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 feeling of fulfillment or the sort of satisfaction I got from seeing that people had been listening or downloading or whatever yeah. was far greater than the than if I'd been selling them that music. Like, I got ooh, it. I got some I got some money from these people. Or, you know. Now that is a that which is not a to perfect say I didn't need the, which is which is not to say I didn't need the money because I really did. So how 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 skint is skint at this stage when you're operating Oof. on your knocking out your my space which I'm loving and you're in your share house, um, like do you have no cash at this stage like most of us at that age and stage when we're trying to achieve yeah, something? It was pretty dark. It was pretty dark. Um, Give me an example of lack of cash. What you were like, you know, I, I got to a point in uni, Kev, mm-hmm. where I was putting. Water on my Sultana brand because I didn't think I had the cash for the milk. Yeah, like 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 looking for coins between the like couch cushions. <laughs> you know, we'd sort of we'd sort of scrounge together to get the uh, three long necks for ten dollars <laughs> thing. And and Joe, who had a job, um, would sort of come home one day with a carton or something, or you come home with like. Or or he just he just bring the, the the three pack of long necks home and we'd all be like, oh look at Joe, he's got <laughs> he's bought stuff, you know. <laughs> Can we have some, please? <laughs> um, um, combing the carpet for little flakes of weed, um, <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> hopefully that hopefully you start to get it. And that wasn't I haven't even talked about food. <laughs> yeah, to give me a food story, because I've been through this, mate. I've I've travelled the world on sixteen bucks a day and have eaten nothing but um, in your part of the world, in Africa, whether it's called Insema or Sudzia or Mealy Meal or Pap, it's basically just oh, yeah. straight white carbohydrate give me give me mm-hmm. give, give me a food story for a lack of cash for a big kev yeah oh we just buy a sort of pasta then we all kind of did our own thing for food like we'd buy like a loaf of bread and just sort of do different things with that you know like in the morning we'd have veggie martin toast and then for night we'd have toast but with like sort of pasta sauce on it or something <laughs> you know or just veggie again fuck it <laughs> okay okay so mate take me through that this is in some ways this is the real gist of what I want to ask you about and yep. maybe it's best to base it around a song. Well, I, I can choose the song or you choose the song, but you mentioned earlier on that, um, you know, you, you put down the, the drum beat and then you envisage the guitar and it's in your head. To me and the majority of the population, our brain doesn't work like that. So would you indulge me and take me through the creative process of a song if if we choose a song? Are you happy to do that? Uh, yeah, of course, absolutely. Well, let's. Um, well, I guess when people are introduced to your music now, they know the less I know, the better. Triple J, mm-hmm. you know, biggest song of the decade. Which on YouTube, that one. Do you know how many people have watched that on YouTube? We talked about Spotify. How many people do you reckon have watched The Less I Know The Better's film clip on YouTube? A lot less than Spotify. I know that. I don't know how many. Like okay. 50 million? 101 million people have watched that YouTube clip. 101 wow. million, Kev. Damn, I knew I should have been in it. <laughs> yeah, you missed an opportunity what? there. <laughs> All you needed was a Tame Impala merch T-shirt and you never yeah. work another day in your life. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm fascinated by how this works. So that song, where and how does it first appear in, in your mind? Uh, it was just one evening. I think I was – I think I, I always think the best songs come to you when you're not trying to think of them. Well, in fact, I know that. I know that's true. I don't know what I was doing, but uh, like I claim to be able to just kind of hear music. Uh, like it seems kind of obvious, but for me, it's kind of just like flicking on the radio station in your and head, hearing a song. Yeah, wow. And and be- because I can play the drums and um, play the guitar, um, I'm able to reproduce it. You know, I think it's just because I've been doing it. Ever like for, for, since I was a kid, you know. But was it always there? Was that was that were you always able to listen, or is that you've learnt and now all of a sudden you have that ability to to hear the song before it's ever created? Um, I think I've got a pretty good imagination. Like I, like when I was a kid, I was good at imagining stuff. I also, I think, um, making sound in my head. I think it's. Um, it was kind of uh, an escapism. Like it was, if if I didn't like what was going on around me, like you know, being at home wasn't that nice. Yep. Or I just didn't like what I was, what was around me. Like thinking of music, just seemed to was like an antidote, you know. So I and and, and also like I've always I've always um, fantasized about like thinking of the ultimate song since I since I started playing 
since I had my first drum lesson, I was like, okay, I'm going to think of a song, you know. So I kind of just do that without thinking. I always, I kind of have for a long time. I've just slowly been getting better at it. So I guess where it used to be totally simple, now it, now it's kind of like, it's like talking. You know, like if you're if you're explaining talking to someone that's never talked before, it's like, holy shit, how do you make yeah. all those sounds with your mouth? Yeah. You know, but we've been doing it since we've, since we were really young, so it's second nature. We just have the idea and then we vocalise. It's actually a pretty amazing thing. And that's music to you. So just 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 from doing it over and over and over and over and over again, every day I'll think of a song because I want to. Okay, so so that song. What, do you, what The less I know, the better. What did you start with? What was the first? Now, excuse me if I say the wrong things here. What was the first part of the song you laid mm-hmm. down? Is laid down the right term? Can laid I use that down. term? Yeah, okay. yeah, classic. What, what classic did you lay down first? Uh, I mean, it, it, it was it, like as you hear it. I didn't. I didn't re-record anything. So what you hear at the start of that song is is what I had within sort of ten minutes of thinking of the song. So I was at home. I know where I was. I was like, at the back of a share house. I would just. I just come back from Paris actually. So I didn't really have anywhere to live. So I was staying at the back of my friend's house. Just had a little recording setup. Um, but but like all the sounds you hear, except for the vocals, because I re-recorded them like. A few months later, everything you hear there is just what I recorded with what I had at the time. So, like, it's it's all it's all guitar, but it's kind of like a guitar that's meant to sound like a synthesizer. Um, and I didn't I didn't re-record any of it. Uh, so I would have recorded. Uh, a, what you do is you hit a metronome. Yeah. Metronome is tuk 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 tuk, and then um, I just sort of worked out the chords because I get you know I was listening to it in my head. If that kind of if that makes sense. Can you sing the guitar to me? The guitar, oh, the guitar I would have done afterwards because well, I would have done, the, okay, I would have done the chords first, which yep. is uh, chords are just bring, you know, everyone knows guitar chords. Yeah. Um, then I would have put the, the the bass riff on, which as well is a guitar, it's just a guitar pitch down to make it sound like a bass guitar because I wouldn't have had a bass guitar in the room at that time. Um, I love how you just did that. That's what I want to hear with the song. The way you did the bass riff for me. So we've got the bass down. <laughs> you want to? You want to? You want a real fucking? Well, uh, I do. I want to. I want to delve behind into the, the music. Creative, behind yeah. the music with Howie. Is this your new direction? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can, mate. So that's the bass. How does the um? How does the drums go in it? Drums are super simple disco beat. And then what? What else is in there? What like? What else is in there? Well, the vocal melody was, I think the vocal melody was the part that made me go, oh, I've got something here. So, like, I'll think of things every day and just not record them because I don't think they're going to be good enough. You know, like like thinking of new music for me, it's kind of so second nature now that if I recorded everything, I'd be, I wouldn't, you know. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I don't record everything because... I don't know. Um, I, I guess I want it to stay magical. I want it, I want the the magic to stay magical. So does the music come before the words? Yeah, uh, sometimes. It, in this it, it in changes. this particular instance, in this, in this, in this instance, song? I think I just sang whatever lyrics sort of came to me, and then rewrote them. What What do you mean? You just sang whatever lyrics came uh, to you? Like, that's a did, very it's a very good question. Um, there are many words for it in the music world. 
Gibberish is one. Um, <laughs> I thought you'd give me some like the top of Mount Everest, uh, amazing um, revelation type, and you told me it's gibberish. Like, do you write nah. it down, or do you just start no, singing no. it? No, you you just um, so you have an idea for a vocal melody, and you you got to get the melody down, and you you want to put words to it, but you don't haven't written words yet, so you kind of just make sounds that sound like words. It's it's it, it yeah it's it's. Uh, it's like it's like English, but English that doesn't exist. Or there's little sort of fragments of words. You just let your mind spool. Like you just you, you just we we well no, but that's not a right word. That's not a, that's not even a word. No, it is. That's that to me. That oh, means it just opens up. You just split. You just don't even think about it. Okay. But you know. And then the words come. Well, anyway, I just would have sang the vocal melody. Because I, because that was my, that was my, that's what made me realize that I had something there before I started recording it. Okay, you know, like the, I get that, it. Like there's, there's 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 a certain feeling that a song that's gonna be a good song gives you, um, or gives me before I start recording it. I'm like, oh shit, it's a it's the feeling that like I've got to get to some recording equipment before I forget it. Because if I forget it, then it, like my life might not be the same. Well, so you, is, you you sense that, right, this is a banger. This is, this is. Yeah. So, but are you sensing that you're going to love it or are you sensing that as it turned out, the entire planet is going to love it? Or are uh, they the same thing? That I'm going to love it. That I'm, It's the same thing because I, I, I assume that if I love it, other people will, which uh, is sometimes true, sometimes not. Sometimes, sometimes I think of a song... There are, some, there are some songs I think of and they sound amazing in my head and then I record them and they just don't translate into the real world right. very well. It's, it's kind of a phenomenon. And um, so, and mate, it's, like, so it's like they can only ever exist in... In your brain. In, 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 in the world of the mind, yeah. Let's get back to Kev. So the less I know, the better. How did that change your life? Did it change your life? Like that, mate. That's um, an enormous song. That one. Yeah, I mean, that album changed my every album that I've done has changed my life. But um, again, and that was the biggest song Currents. on the album. So, Currents. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, it, yeah, that album definitely, without doubt, um, altered the course of my life. Well, I mean, it's difficult to um, say what it did and what it didn't do. I, I know there, there was a lot of anticipation for that album because the album before it was more successful than the album before that. Yep. So it was kind of like, well, what's he going to do? You know, how's he going to top the last album? You know what I mean? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the program. Today I'm reviewing Tame Paula's third studio album, Currents, from 2015 on Interscope Records. Now, this album is so highly regarded. It's amazing that just one guy made it all by himself. This is Kevin Parker putting it all out in the open for everyone, risking it all, and it's a triumph. It's a modern classic. It really is a must-own. If you haven't heard it yet, you really need to check it out, but it really belongs in your collection. It's that great. So I, I knew that I had to deliver. I had to, um, well, I mean, I, I, I wanted to. I. The, the greatest pressure on me to make good music is the pressure from myself. Okay, so I want to ask you about that, mate. So th- this mm-hmm. is like this is an obvious question. So you start with inner speaker, then lonerism and mm. currents, and then the slow rush. And mate, congratulations! Like, congratulations, what you've brought and the happiness and the joy and the 
just the thanks, man. Well, just the love and the the understanding and joy. I think th- thanks for the joy that yeah. you've brought to uh, just my family listening to to uh, around the world. Like it's it's extraordinarily cool what you do. So if you're um, Tiger Woods, right? Let's just compare yeah. Damien Parler to Tiger Woods for a moment. Tiger started having success. So every time he turned up, the pressure is on more and more to win the next tournament, win the next major. Yeah. Like how much pressure is there all of a sudden to deliver? And when you send the music out there, are you thinking, oh, shit, I hope people like this because I've set a certain standard? Uh, of course. That's basically what. But by the time the album comes out, that's what consumes me. Is it? It's very difficult to stay positive in those times because there's just so much kind of like, like all the 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 the, the creativity and the recording and the joy of making new music has all that's all passed, and now it's kind of just down to the like suddenly playing it to the rest of the world who are all waiting to hear it. So <sighs> yeah, but 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 here's the thing, like. Why the in the way that like the the way artists are lucky is that they don't actually have to perform in that moment, or the like their performing is already done. Like you're not, yeah, you're not Tiger Woods. Yeah, I get you taking taking the winning stroke. But people are going right. I can't wait for the day Tammy Parler produces their new album. They're bang, they're paying their sixteen, eighteen, twenty dollars, and they're like, right, what's my man Kev got for me? Mm-hmm. There's going to be he's nailed it, or jeez. Like, I know in my job you can't please all the people all the time. Exactly. But I'm not. I'm not trying to please the same size audience you are. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, it's obviously a very uh, complicated sort of like psychological thing, you know, like wanting to please everyone but knowing that you can't. And if you did, it wouldn't be as good. And do you, um, if you get it, like, and you, mate, you you don't seem to, but I'm sure you've had reviews where people would say, "Eh." Like, oh, do you yeah, read those reviews? How 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 how's a crap review felt in your world, Kev? That is a good question. I I've learned to kind of enjoy them. Enjoy them. That's an interesting word. Wow, this could be a, a world changing concept you're about to drop on me here. It's like uh, it's like oh. I don't know if this is the right term, but like a Chinese burn, you know, like I know that's probably. No, no, that, that's not, what they're called. Not, that's not, okay. the, not the correct terminology anymore. Um, it's like it's like asking your friend to give you one of those. Right. <laughs> um, go on, go on. Because you know, you like, like I, I know that some people won't like my music and I, call, I kind of almost w- want there to be people that don't like my music because it means that there'll be, be, be people that love it even more. <laughs> um like basically, the the thing you don't want is for everyone to think that it's that it's pretty good, right? So so like so people that love your music, it, it's it lo- it follows logically that there'll be people that hate it, and if there are people that hate it, going back to Kanye West, I think I think I think he quoted at some point like people hating you is the same as people loving you, you know, like they they feel something, yeah, and also coming from like a sort of an indie, like an alternative music background, we always kind of like liked the idea that there were people that didn't get it, you know? Right. Like I've got a real problem with bad music reviews. I have a theory that there's no point in them existing. Like a bad music review, there's there's no point to it. What's the point? 
a, a bad restaurant review is like, don't spend your money here because the food sucks. Yeah. But nowadays it's like, don't what? Don't click on it on Spotify. What are you? What are you? What are you keeping people away from? Can't they make up their own mind? <laughs> what are you saving people from by telling everyone this album is shit? You're doing nothing. You, like, like why don't you just not review it? You know. <laughs> Like okay. a, a good a good album a good album review is like listen to this album check it out check out this great album hey man I heard this great album listen to it that's what a good music review is a bad music review is I fucking hate this album you should too you know yeah it yeah serves I, I, no purpose it made anyway a lot of the negativity in the world to me serves no purpose hey, exactly uh, um I think Kev as I said I've I've immersed myself in your world the the thing that um. What really got me, you were on Jimmy Fallon. Maybe the first time you're on Fallon, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, what's what, what are they what are they rolling out here? And then I see you, and Jimmy goes and speaks to to another guy in the band, and, and then you're standing there. You've played, you've you've knocked out your song, you've nailed it. And I look at the clip, and you're not wearing shoes. You've gone barefoot. Oh yeah, on Jimmy Fallon. And at that point, I thought. This man has well and truly got me because I'm a big thong wearer. I've got no shoes on now. Our next guests are an awesome Australian band making their US TV debut with us tonight, performing the song Why Won't You Make Up Your Mind from their album Inner Speaker. Please welcome Tame Impala. Um, what, what is it like when you get to that level uh, where, well, where you can wear no shoes on Jimmy Fallon but when you're doing that type of TV show, that type of exposure and you're a bloke from Frio in Perth? I uh, wouldn't have even thought of that. I right. wouldn't have even thought of, thought of the fact that I wasn't wearing shoes on, on, on American television. How can, like, I, How can you not? How can you not think of that? Well, I, us- I usually played with no shoes back right. then because I operated a lot of pedals with my feet. Right. Thank you so much. Tame Impala, what's the game? And also, like, I kind of, like, I enjoyed that it was something that people were like, whoa, why isn't that guy wearing shoes? Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I wore, I wore thongs to the first Arias. Good man. I think back then I wore thongs, I wore sort of thongs and bare feet so much that wearing shoes felt like having, like, Gloves on my feet. It felt like wearing mittens on my. I find my them feet, restrictive. You know? I find yeah, yeah, shoes I'm restrictive. Glad. Shoes and awesome. long pants. Yeah. C- can I take you, mate? Can I take you to? Um, I think it's 2019 Coachella, and you played Coachella a few times. Yeah. W- what is it like? So we, we've you record all your music, and then obviously mm-hmm. you need a band to play with because you can't do it all on stage. What is it like when you walk out? on a stage as a headlined act in Coachella and, mate, I looked at the clips. They are going off and the first couple of riffs come and people are just, like, screaming for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. What is that like? You, you said you grew up wanting to be a rock star. At that point, you are a rock star, mate. Well, Coachella's a weird one because there's a lot of sort of, like, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that comes along with Coachella that makes it, uh, it's got a bit of a stigma for, you know, not really being about the music. It's more about people being seen there. But, you know, like, I guess, I guess what your, I guess your question applies really to all shows. Like, what does it feel like? To me, it's nothing compared to walking off stage after just having played a, a, a great show. Like walking on, 
we've got the whole show to go. I'm like, I'm, do you get nervous? Not nervous, but um, but I'm thinking about like what I'm going to say and like how I'm going to, you know, just how I'm going to connect with people here because. I guess it's it's something from like the early days of playing music in Perth where it's like you get on stage and you feel like people are judging you. Like it, it took me a lot, it took me a long time to get kind of over that sort of preconception when I start a show that that everyone's sort of going like, oh, are they gonna do, are they gonna be any good? You know, I, even for our own shows, I felt like people were thinking that. So really? it's only now, it's only instead of like last few years that I've been like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna enjoy this. You know, I'm glad you enjoy it. Absolutely, it yeah. looks it looks. It's the performance. You've done all the training. It's the performance, surely. Yeah, and not even that, like something that I was, I think I was even joking to, to, to Fife about it. It's like it's funny how with sport, like you go out there and like I was like, I don't know how, like how do you guys operate and like do what you do under that pressure? Like you go out there, not only is the outcome undecided, there's a whole bunch of other people there trying to stop you <laughs> from doing your job. That's a good point, Kev. And to, and to rise above that and then succeed, it's like I can't imagine how that must feel going on to the... Yeah. But then, but then the elation and the absolute, like, glory of, 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 of winning and, you know, coming out on top. But, like, for us, it's like we got out there. We've already won. <laughs> All we have to do is not screw up. This is the album Slow Rush here with the song Lost in Yesterday, Team Impala. Well, is it is it empowering? It's when you have the audience in your palm of your hand, Kev, and they are all about Team Impala. What is that feeling like? Uh it's it's magical, obviously. Magical. Um yeah, it's um, it's usually like usually sort of about halfway through the set, I get to feel I start feeling like that because up until then it's like there's a few key moments that I want to get right and I want them to connect and I like because sometimes you know sometimes you can have an audience that's a bit dead and that's no fun. Well, it, it, it is fun, but it's not as fun as an audience that um, that's really warm and loving and and going going crazy. So like uh, usually about halfway through a set, I start going, I start really feeling like an immense sort of just feeling of like love for everyone there and everything. And so walking off stage, you know, and like you play the last note and it's ringing out and there's this like crazy noise and smoke and lights going crazy and people are cheering. And so walking off stage from that is, it's kind of one of the my favourite kinds of moments, you know, it's like, it's a really amazing feeling of accomplishment and um and 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 just That's a brilliant description. Yeah, and just and just feeling feeling uh love on a on a on a grand scale for many people and and for such a big environment and being a part of that is really special. You've worked with Lady Gaga. Mhm. Someone else who fascinates me about what she does and listening yeah, to her absolutely. music. What makes her someone to able to achieve the level of success she's achieved, you reckon? Like when um, you look at her musically and you work with her, why, why is she who she is? Uh, unparalleled determination. Is I it? Think. Determination. Uh, yeah. yeah, and her work ethic is, is something to behold. She got dropped from her label when she just started. So 
she signed to I think it was like Virgin Records or something. Yep. She got she released an album and got dropped. And I don't I, I can't I mean like it happens to a lot of artists, you know, getting dropped. But it must hit it must hit hard. Like if I was ever dropped, especially early in my career when I was kind of like, you know, uh, unsure of myself as an artist and that kind of stuff. If I was dropped, that would have that would have been hard, you know. Wow. But uh, she's just extreme determination and um She's just she just goes at everything with 120 percent, and she's a great artist. And yeah, I, I've only got a few more questions for you because I know I know you got to go. You mentioned in the player profile, mate, that you didn't start learning to sing till you were in your first car. What was it, a Mitsubishi Colt? Yeah. So did you teach yourself to sing? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I didn't. I was I was really shy. I, I never sang around people or anyone. Didn't sing around my family. So I would sing, but it would be when I was playing in a band, playing in high school bands, but I didn't really get time to practice. I never practiced. The only time I was comfortable singing was when there was guitar amplifiers blaring and drums blaring and singing to that, like getting driving around with my windows up or down and singing along to music was really when I kind of found my voice and uh, discovered like a, a love of doing it properly and getting better. So how do you get better at singing? Is it just practice? Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, your voice is a muscle, I think, or yeah. group of muscles. Yeah. I guess it's probably the one, it's the one instrument that's closest to um, uh, a form of athleticism than uh, other instruments because it's more, other instruments more about coordination and rhythm and stuff. Singing is a lot more muscular. It's a lot, it's a lot harder to control. I still don't. I still don't consider myself a um, uh, an incredible vocalist. Like I do what I have to do to get the, get the music out. But yeah, dr- driving around like singing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> so what um what what's what's next, Kev? Like we you mentioned earlier on, you didn't call it the perfect song or the ultimate song, but you you basically said you know you you got to keep it the opportunity to write stuff down mm-hmm. because you never know when the song is there. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have any idea of the song or the album in your mind? Not at the moment. I mean, uh, I'm always I'm always thinking of new music. I'm always writing new songs. I'm lucky nowadays because I get to uh, work with other artists like like Lady Gaga and and other people. Um, so now, like my kind of scope for what I can contribute to the music world has widened. Because now if I have a song that, like, let's say has a very complicated vocal part, someone who's a much better vocalist than me could sing it rather than... So now it's like if I write a song, it's not like, well, it's going on a Tame Impala album. If it doesn't fit, it can be for something else, which is really... Uh, yeah, okay. ...really liberating. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I'm always working. I don't know what, what I'm working towards musically. That thing behind me, the guitar... Oh, yeah. ...you can just seemingly pick up and play... I've been trying to learn the guitar for a year and a half now and I'm coming from zero musical background, zero musical background. For all those listening now that are trying to work their way on their guitar, give me something. For a long time. (laughs) Go on. For a long long time Jack Johnson was what I played when I picked up an acoustic because that was was the easiest way to get people to like you. Well, you've achieved it now. But yeah. is, is it something to, is it repetition or feel? 
Uh, it's repetition, a lot of repetition, a lot of just doing it over and over. Um, it, but uh, it's also like enjoying what you're producing. Like, do you are you learning songs that you like? Yes. Are you looking up like yes. Well, that's that's all. You, and and is it fun? It's the most fun thing, and the most removed my brain is from work that I can possibly be in. So it's there fantastic. You, there you go, man. You've you've won. Well, maybe you're right. you don't. You don't. You don't. Uh, unless you want to play. Some, you know, unless you. You know, desperate to start reproducing some Tommy Emmanuel. I don't think. You know, I'm unless going. you want to get. Unless you want to go full Mark Knopfler on that I thing. I don't think that's happening, Kev. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, 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 man, I can't play Tommy Emmanuel. I can't play classical gas on acoustic guitar. You know. Yeah. Okay. Like, if you give me an acoustic guitar, there's or any guitar. I, I don't really know that many songs other than my own. You don't have to be amazing at it. You just have to be able to play what you want to hear yourself playing, you know. Final question for you. For everybody that listens to this show, and it's normally kids but this is a bit more expansive now with the artist series that want to achieve some success in their field. Kev, you've achieved tremendous success to this point in your field of music. What advice would you give them? It's something along the lines of find what it is that you like about what's different about you and what, you know, like find find how you're different to everyone else that, that you like about yourself in doing it. In, in, yeah, that's completely convoluted. Let's try and refine it. Find your thing. Find your thing. I love that. <laughs> yeah, Simple I mean, but effective. Yeah, because I, I, I was searching for so long. Like sort of, you know, as a teenager, um, I was trying to find like like where, what's my music, you know. And it was kind of one of those things that was staring me in the face, but I was sort of um, lost with it, the music trying to be cool or music trying to be like hmm. other stuff. But you know, like I think once I sort of like finding when I find something that I'm like, oh, this is this is me. This is um, this is my thing. It feels re- that feels really good. And it and it and it's usually gonna make a better result too because it because it's you and it's yeah. Kev, we have come to the end of our time. As I said at the start, I, I was amazed that you'd agreed to do this. You have been everything and more. I hope for. I hope my questions have been relevant in the artistic space. I hope this has been somewhere near as enjoyable for you as it has been for me. Of course, mate. Man. I wish you. It's been great. I wish you and your family and little Peach all the best. Thanks, man. And good luck, mate. Thanks, Travel dude. safely. And um, thanks, dude. Yeah, thanks for joining me on the Howie Games, mate. I've loved everything about it. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. That is one seriously talented dude. Thanks to Kevin for appearing on the podcast and in doing so making Das and my year. Hopefully you get the chance to see Tame Impala live sometime, somewhere soon. Until next Tuesday with Will Anderson on the Howie Games Artist Series, peace and love. Listener.